we're super glad to have you all tonight um, and we're pumped to give you this talk. Um, we wanted to start though with glory stories which have already been given unless there's any that anyone wants to bring up. If there's any that you didn't get a chance to share earlier and you're like, hey, I wanna chirp up because something super cool happened to me. Um, now's your chance. <laughs> we're just gonna count to 10. He only has five fingers, so I'll finish. <laughs> okay, to put you out of that pain, <laughs> um, I shared this with my house, but um, a girl that I reconnected from freshman year um, this, this semester, um, she texted, so she came over for morning prayer um, before spring break, and um, she said that she like, wanted to get more into her faith, um, and she texted me um, on Easter saying that she, I think her mom got her the um, bravery and that she is ready to come to morning prayer next year. Oh, so that's wow. super cool. Wait, her mom bought her the bravery? I think she asked, I, I guess their family does like little Easter lists and so it was in her basket. Let's go, double Christmas, come on. <laughs> yes. That is a good gift. Yeah, that's super cool. Awesome. Great. Um, well, as we jump in, <laughs> did we have anything else? No. Okay. Wait, no. Do you want to do summer fails? <laughs> summer fails. We're going to talk about summer. John said that. Um, so just to preface, uh, we're going to go through and talk about how to handle the summer. But if you have any questions or thoughts as we're going, feel free to pop those in the chat box and we'll, at the end we'll, if there's time, we'll come back to those and do either a little bit of Q&A or a little bit of discussion because I'm sure there's wisdom in this room as well that we could share. But we also <laughs> wanted to hear um, if there were any epic summer fail stories. The one I came up with was one summer, this is about four summers ago, I was out with a friend on the, the beach, quote unquote. Uh, in Minnesota, we call them beaches anyway. Um, and I got a pretty, pretty big sunburn on my back. And I was telling Blake, my back hasn't been the same since. So that was probably my worst summer experience that I could think of. Um, I have I have a few. Um, I've gotten some pretty gnarly sunburns and I was gonna get my mom to send me a picture and then put it up for y'all. But I figured I would spare you and just tell you some strange things. Yeah. <laughs> Turk's like, no, don't do that, please. Um, so one time I went to the horse track uh, for the first time with my family, and we were watching a uh, we were watching a horse race, and it was there was like six horses in this race, and uh, it's like a great summer sport, you know, great spring summer sport. And we're all sitting out there having a good time, placing like little one, two dollar, three dollar bets on these horses. Um, and I watched a race where um, two of the top three finishers died before the end of the race. Um, <laughs> my whole house is just losing it right now. Um, but basically, yeah, I, uh, these horses like got tripped up on each other and then they had what was called a horse ambulance, which is just a Dodge truck and trailer back up and like pull these horses. It was really savage. My sister's like 10 and she's like, oh, I'm sure they're just like, gonna like you know put the horses out for an hour and they'll get back up they'll be fine and I'm like yeah Emma like they're totally fine and um but my mom was pretty pissed because I kept telling my 10 year old sister that they were putting the horses down 
I grew a lot. I've grown a lot. I've grown a lot. Okay. Uh, tact was not my strong suit. Still, still might not be, but, uh, but it was, uh, it was a good, great summer experience. So if you have any uh, fun summer experiences, put them into the chat. We'd love to maybe read them at the end um, and let people know of, uh, let you maybe tell your story if we have some extra time there. Right. Um, but despite this prolonged introduction, <laughs> we would love for you um, to actually, well, we'll get to that part. We would love to recap with you where we've been, where we are now, where we're going. Um, so if you recall in the fall, and if you weren't with us in the fall, the um, theme we were going through and praying with was all of my life for the rest of my life. So what does it look like to actually live as a disciple of Christ and to give him everything? That was the starter. <clears throat> then we had went to break. A bunch of us went to ascend, climbed some mountains, <laughs> had some awesome worship, was inspired, had a great time. Uh, then we dove into baptism in the Holy Spirit, what it means to actually live life alive with the Holy Spirit and the flame. Um, met a bunch of people. The Lord set a ton of people's hearts on fire. Um, had awakening retreats. And then we started to go into this new season where we heard about the joy of the gospel and the importance that it is to have an encounter with Christ and that mission won't make sense unless we have that encounter and that relationship with the Lord. And if your conversion is more than two years old, it's time for a new conversion. And we mm, were paying into that. And then, and then, and then all hell broke loose and, <laughs> and Corona happened. Here we are. Um, but what's been awesome is just seeing how the Lord has given us grace in the way that we've been able to respond to that grace, I think, yeah. in his call to make us a prophetic people, um, talking about what it means to receive the gift of prophecy and not just have it confined to a prayer meeting, but actually living a prophetic way of life Amen. at all times. And this is something I think just to keep in the back of our minds as we go forward in this season into a new season, kind of, <laughs> um, the, and the, the context of our lives might change somewhat, but it might be where you're at now. You might already be at home, and this might be a reality for the summer, actually. But the thing we wanted to point out was that we are still called to be prophets as Christians. And like, what is a prophet? A prophet is an individual who is regarded as being in contact. I'm reading this from a quote. <laughs> and being in contact with a divine being and is said to speak on that entity's behalf. So our Lord, we're sharing God's heart for God's people and we get to be that messenger and to respond to what he places on our hearts. And often a prophet is not welcome in their own home and that's okay. And Jesus knows that and he knows what context you'll be going into. Even if you don't know, you might not know if you're going to be living somewhere doing an internship, you might not know if you're going to just be at home, if you're going to be living in Columbus in the summer. But the good news is that Jesus knows and he still is calling us to be a prophetic people and not just be a prophetic person, but actually be a part of this body of people mm -hmm. wherever we go. So that is one thing that we can hold on to with certainty as we go into this summer. Yeah. Um, I think it's super cool that we're talking about summer um, because actually like Corona right now is, is a huge, like it's a huge blessing. And I think that's something to keep in mind is that like, this is right where we're supposed to be. And that it's important that we take a look at how we're living now. 
Like, what is our life experience right now? Are we sitting here waiting, saying, I can't wait till Corona is over so I can finally go back to normal life, uh, be with my friends, uh, go, go back and like start living again? Or are we experiencing life right now? Because truly what's happening right now is we're experiencing this, uh, this isolation that usually doesn't happen, right? It usually doesn't happen to us except for in summers because we go back to our families, we go to internships, we're going to jobs, uh, we're, all over, we're all over the place. If we're, I mean, if you're, if you're really blessed, you know, maybe you're able to stay in Columbus and you're able to like participate summer household, be with the community here. But for a lot of us, our experience is one of, of really, this is a summer experience like you're having right now. So it's cool because usually we're talking about in the future. But actually what you're experiencing now, if you're experiencing a sort of like loneliness, desolation in community, um, like just uh, you're not diving into prayer, or maybe you are, maybe you are diving into prayer, you're experiencing deep community, all these awesome things are happening in your life. And the Lord's really just like speaking and showing you how to be on mission in this time. This is actually what you're going to be experiencing in the summer. And it's actually kind of a cool reflection that, uh, that, that we had, we're reading, uh, oh. We're checking the chat box. Um, But one thing I want to say, and this is something that me and Michael were talking about this the other day, and I was really called on by this. And it's that if we don't come out of this time of Corona, this time of Corona that's going to push us right into summer, if we don't come out of this time as a transformed person that like Christ wasn't moving in our life, then I I don't know if we did it right. I don't know if we were actually listening to, to God because God right now has a time of growth for us each. He like, like, like right now, God, God has a deep growth for you, right? In, in the absence of the sacraments, there's a deep grace that Christ wants to pour out on us. And it's important to recognize that, especially as we move forward, that, that now, now is actually a beautiful time. Corona's, I said earlier, Corona came and all hell broke loose. No, like, like truly, this is, this is God's will for his people. Like Corona is here and it's happening to us. And like, actually, we need to dive in and figure out how do we how do we really live out our Christianity? How do we live out our faith, um, and 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 be a disciple in this time of of Corona, um, and leading into summer? So, with with no further ado, Lauren's going to tell us more about um, this summer. Yeah. Do you think I should? Uh, no. Okay. okay. Let's get back. So, um, as I and with and Blake, we're thinking about what to share with going into the summer and just sharing encouraging words. I just asked a couple of people like, okay, what is the most important thing you think people need to hear about going into the summer? And every single person I talked to said prayer. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> that is usually number one thing that goes out the window when we head back home. And like Blake was saying, maybe the context is different, but um, that's the first thing I really just want to encourage us in and to just bring us back to the basics is that prayer is first and foremost our priority because the Lord is our priority. So the image that came to my mind as I was thinking about this was just the Lord this summer and in this season being our anchor. Um, there's a lot that's going around and a lot that can whip us around and in a normal summer where you're with your family, you're not in your normal setting, you've been creating this way of life and pattern of life in college and to go back into your context, it's really easy just to go back into old habits. We all know this. We've all experienced it over winter break and previous summers, but the Lord is our anchor and he wants to hold us steady 
spiritually, most of all to study relationally, emotionally, everything. But within this aspect of prayer, um, one thing that I've been experiencing and coming back to is how, how do I respond to this call of mission and not get sucked into it and start doing it on my own strength? How do I respond to this call to go back to my family or to keep reaching out to people without it becoming exhausting or burdensome? And the reality of what was happening was I was forgetting my own need for the Lord and my deep fundamental need for the Lord and that he has called me his daughter before he's called me a missionary. And just what kept coming back in prayer was the father's desire to um, speak to us, to affirm us. We can seek affirmation from our house. We can seek affirmation from our friends and different people and different things. And we know that that's good, but that that's never going to satisfy. And the father wants to affirm us actually. And he knows how to, so first thing to keep in mind with the summer is that prayer is our anchor and the Lord is with us. Um, and before we try and go love anyone else, we need to be abiding in the Lord and in the Father. I, that was one scripture I meant to look up was in John, when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Um, there's no fruit apart from me. It's a great image to be holding on to because, yeah, it's ridiculous to expect that you'd be able to create any fruit um, in your life apart from the Lord. And I don't think anyone ever consciously separates themselves from the Lord, but that's why we need to stay so close because to live a fruitful life, we need to be rooted in the Lord and rooted in the Father. Um, so everything from here that we're going to talk about with the summer builds off of that. And we were thinking, what are some things that help to keep prayer in the center? What are some typical obstacles that throw us off and get us off track with our prayer life? Um, first of all, it's really easy to go into the summer or into a season with no structure and just kind of like wing it. We'll see what happens. Like I can sleep in. That's kind of nice. I got this free time. Like it's really good for maybe a week or two, but then slowly these virtues that you may have been growing in these patterns of life that you've maybe grown in start to trickle away and it's really easy to lose prayer I don't know how many times in my summers I've gotten up in the morning and because I slept in late I go upstairs because I want to see my family and they're cooking in the kitchen and pretty soon we're on to doing yard work outside and it's we're having a good time and, and then it's dinner time and then maybe watch a movie and then I get to the evening and I'm like crap I didn't pray at all today. <laughs> and that's, it's so easy to do even now. Um, so first of all, if I'm going to pray, I need to put the big rock in first. And when I get up in the morning, first thing is pray. Maybe you're not a morning prayer, but I would encourage you heavily to consider just making that the first thing. Cause it's so easy to get swept aside. Um, find a place that you can go to consistently and put that big rock in. And I think just an encouragement that if if prayer is dry for you and you've been lacking a desire to pray, um, I I just encourage you to ask the Lord for that grace. It sounds like a simple answer, but the fruits of living in the Spirit, this is from Galatians 5, are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness. 
And those are all like really good things. Pick one that you really want in your life. Like what is one that you're craving? I've been craving, like I would, I would love for the Lord to pour out more joy in my life right now. And I know I want that, but I need to show up and I need to pray every day if that's ever going to happen. And I trust that he wants to give me that. Um, so that's one encouragement as a roundabout way of saying, put the big rock in of prayer first. Yeah, go for it. Um, second thing is even the best laid plans can fail. <laughs> so what do you do to help that? Uh, that's where, wow, that lights. Yeah, it works out. Yeah, that's better. Um, we have the gift of community. We have the gift of our brothers and sisters here. And you have the gift of a small group or a one-on-one -on -one accountability person or just another friend. So it really helps even if we don't have someone who's checking in with us every day to see if we're praying, it can be helpful even just to tell them like, Hey, here's my plan for the summer. This is when I want to pray. This is how I am seeking to grow. Now, you know, you can ask me about it <laughs> and that can make all the difference. Um, if you're living with other people in Columbus this summer who are in this community, uh, that's a huge gift and a huge blessing. And so you can help each other out and be asking each other, um, how prayer is going and we get to be that for our brothers and sisters too and that's a gift so being anchored in christ and rooted in the father's love um and then sticking to your team and setting little goals mm -hmm. um and little wins for encouragement like i, mean, I think you had more to say with that I'll let you go yeah i yeah. think this especially applies to guys or at least to myself is that Sometimes I lay out these perfect plans. I lay out these awesome schedules and I'm like, boom, I got every hour of my day blocked out, you know, like 6 a.m. to midnight and it's going to be epic. You know, I got free time planned in there, uh, but like my, but my, I just don't follow my schedule or sometimes my schedule blows up in the middle of the day because something comes up. Uh, two things. One, a schedule is a guide. Uh, and it's nothing more than a guide. Don't panic. If things don't work out exactly the way that you planned, uh, and two, if, if you have something planned and you're, and you're able to do it, stick to it. It's really kind of a lesson on integrity, especially for myself. That's what I experience is whenever I plan a schedule out and actually living that schedule out on a daily basis, it's a lesson on how to, how to be a man of my word or for, for some of you, like, like how to be a woman of your word. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean when my yes, when my yes means yes. Um, and, and otherwise, and how do I actually take this summer, which is three months that reality is. 90% of college students are going to just, it's, it's just going to disappear. They're going to sit on their butt. They're going to watch Netflix. They're going to do all these things, which aren't necessarily terrible things in their nature, but out of their properly ordered place, it can, it can really just destroy a summer in a heartbeat. And I've, I've seen it myself and I've experienced it myself. Um, it's one of the hard parts about, about my life is I, sometimes I'm a, I'm a, I'm just like a really slow learner at things and I have to really experience things in order to understand that like, these are what, these are things that make or break a summer. And so kind of like recapping what Lauren said, it's just like, make a like set a schedule, set a schedule, practically make it out. If you don't use Google calendars, download the app after this and like start using Google calendars because it'll change your life Two, find accountability. Like it sounds so cheesy. Like, Oh, why would I tell somebody else what I'm going to do with my, with my life? Right. It's my life. But like, we're a part of a people. We're a part of a people. That's your, that's our call. Like, and we're going to dive a little bit more into what it means to be a, like a part of a community 
and what and how that flows out into mission as well. Um, so so uh, next we'll move on to the next few sections. So we're talking, we're primarily talking about three things today. Lauren just covered holiness, which is, uh, let's see, that's Matthew 22, 36 through 38. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. This is my greatest command to you. Okay, this isn't like wise advice from some missionaries that are a couple years older than you. Like, no, this is, this is not, that's not what that is. This is like, this is the commandment of Christ. Like, this is our call as Christians, is one first and above all to holiness, okay? And one thing you need to keep in mind is that comes before community, before mission, right? Christ wants you before he wants to use you for his kingdom, before he wants to bring you to the community. Like, you need to have a conversion of your own heart before, before you can go and, and, and before you can go out and like start start trying to like bring other people to Christ, obviously you're, you're never complete. You're never perfect, right? But like we need to turn to Christ first. You need to turn to Christ in diving into community and in diving into mission. And those are the other two aspects that we're going to cover today is not just holiness, but now we're going to dive into community and mission. And really we're saying that these two are tied and they're deeply intertwined in holiness itself, Right. So we, sometimes we call it the three pillars. It's really the pillar and the two supports for the pillar. That's really what it is. Because without holiness, we're nothing, right? Without our greatest call, we're nothing. But two, Christ says, this is my second greatest command. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's Matthew 22, 39. Uh, I'm abbreviating. I have it marked in my, in my Bible here. Um, but <laughs> I, I think uh, you, can, you can look it up yourself if you want the in-depth description. But <laughs> What Christ is saying is like, is actually like go out and like love your neighbor. Like we're called not only to love our neighbors, but like love our neighbors as ourself, right? And so if our relationship, this flows all the way back to holiness, right? So we're starting with, with our relationship with Christ. We're experiencing an internal change, a change of the heart, a shift in the person, right? And so that's us loving ourselves. Not going to prayer, right? Sometimes is a struggle. Like we're like, man, what's happening to my day? My day just feels like it's falling apart. Then I go to prayer and it's like, wow, for some reason, I just feel so well put together. That's because I'm loving myself and I'm actually allowing myself to enter into a relationship with the God who created me. And then I'm diving in after that and I'm loving my neighbor by sharing that same love that's been put in my own heart. Okay, yeah, there's a love that's been like put in my heart that I need to, I need to be filled up and then I need to, to be able to pour out into the people around me. And really, I want to follow that analogy that we stated at the beginning, the analogy of the anchor. Okay, so our anchor is prayer. Our anchor is, is Christ. We're completely rooted in this anchor, all right? But the anchor leads, leads to this boat. And what it does is, is if you've ever been fishing, people drop anchor because, because they want to stay in a place. And, and our community is represented by this boat, right? So if you're just like, if you jump out of a boat, what do you do? You sink into the water, unless you're Peter and Jesus is like, come out onto the water. And he's like walking on the water for a few moments until he doubts himself. But what happens is, is you sink, but community, community operates as this aspect of our life that really it's, it, it's us bonded together. It's a support system. Uh, it has many different functions, but really the idea is being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And that, that applies to a lot of things community does, but for us, we find our rooting in something that's true, imperishable. Um, and that is, that is like Christ and Christ alone, but it functions as, as a support system. For a lot of us going out in summer, it functions as a connection system, right? Like 
being a, being alone in your town, I don't know. Some people are from out in the boonies. I'm from out in the boonies. And what I experienced in college was, was like, man, I like, I don't know how to be in connection with, with, with my, with my boys. Right. And like, I guess I forgot I had a cell phone or a car, but like, <laughs> but the reality is, is that like, I, sometimes it can be alone. Like you can feel alone and community acts as a way for you, for us to have connection and to not go insane in our own heads and sometimes being surrounded by our families. I'm sure some of, some of us are having that experience right now being in quarantine back home. Um, but it also functions as an accountability system, a place to share glories in our life, right? We don't just tell glory stories for fun. It's actually for the edification of like, of our peers, like actually to call them on in, their, in, in the way that Christ is working in our life, to call them on to allow Christ to work in a deeper way in their own life. Um, and then it, it also operates as a place of mission, right? We're, we're actually evangelizing each other. We're evangelizing each other constantly. And like, it might not seem like that, but like our community and especially community can get pretty broad. Community can start to dip into our small groups, can dip into all these aspects and areas of our life. But community functions as a place where we're not only we're evangelized, but where we can share our experience of Christ and, and therefore like evangelize our brothers and sisters and bring them closer in relationship to Christ. Um, cool. The next question is who? Who is community? Um, I've described this a little bit, but the key here is to find a good group of Catholics or Christians that are in your area, right? And so the reason why I say it like that, one of the reasons why I say it so sketchily is because not all of us are going to be here in Columbus. Um, that's just that's just the reality, right? But you need people who are close to you um, that, that you can be in relationship with, right? The whole idea of community um, in this relationship is it's not like a, hey, once a month, hey, man, like, how are you? Um, yeah, that's super good to hear that you're doing good. Cool. I'll catch you in a month. Bam. Like, no, this is people that you're in regular communication with. Keyword here, regular communication. Okay. If I can jump in. Yeah, so, Lauren, jump in there. Uh, just something, another thing I think the Lord has been teaching me this year is just reminding me of the sisters he's already given me. And I've moved around and had friends move around to a lot of different places. But don't forget the depth of relationship you have with those special sisters or special brothers who really know you well they're a gift and obviously we want to be present to the people he's giving us right in front of us like our family and this group of people right here um, but that's just another encouragement that like the lord has particular men and women in your life for a reason too so don't forget about them and don't feel guilty about reaching out to them when it's like yeah actually there's a there's a blessing in the life-giving um relationship here yeah yeah i think that that's that last point is huge like reach out to them, right? Like Satan's biggest victory is when you have the phone and you have that, that girl or that guy from your small group and you have their number pulled up and you're like, no, it would be just awkward because I haven't talked to them in a while. Or, um, or like a huge victory is I should call this guy in household or this girl in household or this just someone that I know from, from the spoke community, but I, Oh, I'm not that close to him. Like, Oh, like, I, I don't, I don't know, right. I don't know Mike Fontana well enough to like call Mike Fontana. I'm using him as an example because he knows that I would call him anytime. But, uh, <laughs> but the reality is like that, that's a victory for Satan, right? It's not always obvious. Sometimes it's just the stutter. It's throwing you in neutral to where you think so much about the idea that you, that you like can't even do it yourself. Okay. But like the, the beauty of it is uh, of the how, is it's as simple as it's as simple as dialing a number. If you have a car or you have a bike, 
like ride to somebody's house. I don't know. Like ride your bike to somebody's house. Evan, like ride your bike to somebody's house, dude. Like anyone, like sh yeah, shout out Evan. You're awesome, man. Um, but like take your car, go visit your friends, right? You have four summers like this. That, that, that's, that's the, I'm going to point out a harsh reality here is that you only have four of these and they seem like they just keep going on forever, but like they don't, they don't. And like take advantage of this time. Like there's never such an anointed time as right now to engage in our community. Like we claim we have a beautiful thing because, but you don't actually gain that, that perspective of beauty until you've left it. That's the hard part about, about seeing these kinds of things is that like you, you can't see sometimes until you step out. Maybe some of you who are home in quarantine are like, oh my gosh, like I see, I see the beauty of community <laughs> and all these people like, like living, living in houses together or whatever, are just like, there's like, oh, like community, whatever. But it's like, it's truly a gift. It really is a gift. Um, and then, yeah, then the next point was like, after how was just like, when just, just do it just do it nike let's go no nike don't buy nikes <laughs> terrible shoes uh, <laughs> some people some people are shaking their heads they're like oh my gosh are you serious yeah um sweet last we're gonna go into uh into our third pillar so we've covered holiness we've covered communion and now we're gonna dive into mission right these are the three things that we stand on we stand on holiness and from that flow community and mission Cool. So in mission, um, let's see, we're looking at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I'm going to pull this up real quick. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus approached and said to them, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded to you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the ages. And that's the end of Matthew. Okay, Christ says it plain and simple. We are called to mission as Christians. God says, go make disciples out of all nations. Have no fear. I am with you. That is our call. That is our third call. And really bringing it back to that, to that imagery is as Christ is our anchor and our community is, is that place from which we operate, right? We're standing on the boat. Like we're fishing off that boat, right? Like mission is, mission is just casting. It's just casting out. Okay. You can't catch anything if you don't ever throw a bait. Okay. That's, that's an important aspect of fishing is you have to bait your hook and you got to throw it out there, right? You never know what you're going to catch. Sometimes there's all sorts of different forms of fishing, right? Like I'm using this fishing analogy. I'm driving it into the ground. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like truly, truly, it's, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful analogy because without actually taking the initial step in mission and going out and approaching our, uh, Lauren, Lauren will exhort us a little bit more here in a second, but on approaching our families, um, our small groups here that we've met on campus, um, approaching our high school friends, right? Like mission takes the form of, of, of anywhere. And, and if mission right now is a struggle, if you're like, man, like mission drains me, like actually mission, mission doesn't, I'm not filled up by this. It's probably because you're treating it like a job and it's not a job. It's a call. It's the call of the lifestyle of the Christian. It's what God said. God says, this is, this is a part of who I've made you to be as a Christian is to be evangelistic and to go out and to like, and to love. 
that's the call of mission. The call of mission is not to go out and chastise and beat over the head with Bibles until they submit to your will, to the will of your heavy Bible. I don't know, depending. <laughs> nice hit, Michael. Um, and the reality is like the call of mission is to, to, to take the love of Christ that is here, right? You're experiencing it here and to take it and to put it out into the world, to gift it, to gift what you've been given to the world and not keep it for yourself. Um, that's what Christ is asking right now. Um, don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Um, it, it's not, it's, it's not difficult. It's actually one of the greatest joys of life is to be on mission. Um, at least it is for me. That's part of my experience of being a missionary. Um, but as far as who, it can take the form of, of anyone, your coworkers at your internship, whatever that is. Um, I mean, Lauren has a, has a pretty, pretty cool experience of being back home with her family that I, I wanted to share with you. Yeah, I, I don't know if, I don't remember what oh, <laughs> particular was aspect was, but the, oh yeah, but there was one summer, or um, sorry, it was winter break, but I think it was my senior year in Minnesota, and we were being similarly exhorted into winter break and how to stay strong through the winter, how to set goals, how to pray, and then we got to the part about your family, and I was pretty on fire about like, I just want my family to be better, I want them to know God's love more. And I just wish they would like change all their erring ways and then life could be perfect for everybody. And I was really called on by this missionary who was speaking, who's Nick Red. And he was saying like, so often, like I wanna try and like fix everything and have these really intense conversations, but really usually what the Lord wants me to do is just do the dishes. <laughs> like just, just love and serve in really little ways and see what God does through that because usually it's through the witness of the change in our own hearts and our own lives that they're going to see anything anyway. But this, I think, goes back to the central truth that we were starting with that like God is far more concerned in your life with your salvation than he is about anyone else's. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about anyone else's. That doesn't mean he doesn't care less about your family. But in, as far as your life goes and your story goes, he is concerned with your salvation. And we have the privilege to be open and to be vessels of the Lord's love to our family and to our friends. And when we're back in school with everybody to be vessels of the Lord's love to our classmates. But if we forget our own need of the Lord, it's all going to get super wonky and out of whack and like not good and not fun and not joyful. Um, and we are far more a priority to him um, in our own lives. It, it's, it's kind of, it kind of twists my mind a little bit. I get a little, a little confused, but I, basically I need to be so rooted in my own need and in humility in the Lord before I am too concerned about the people around me and trying to correct them. That's kind of what it comes down to in really rough terms, but doing the dishes, that's, that's mission, <laughs> honestly. And that doesn't mean we can't be open to the Lord speaking really powerfully and prophetically through us and we ought to it's something we've been practicing obviously right Matthew killed it with exhorting us on what prophetic action can look like um, and he, the Lord can certainly do that still and speak through us to our families and to our friends uh, but don't forget how important it is that we love in the little ways as well as the big ways so mm -hmm. communion and mission um, they go hand in hand just to kind of tie it together with yeah. 
in terms of these three pillars and the, the analogy of the boat and fishing. Um, first, we were all fish once and someone caught us. Think of who that person was and be edified. <laughs> um, and so we need to be, we get to be that person for other people if the Lord so chooses through, to work through us. Um, but then second, community and mission are not two separate things. They go hand in hand. If we're a community, it, we're, we're called to be a community of disciples and disciples share Christ's love. And so they can't be separate from each other. If we're trying to live community and don't have a heart for mission, then we kind of just turn into a cool club that uses Jesus's name, but doesn't mean a whole lot. <laughs> that's not very cool anyway. Um, but if we try to do mission by ourselves, that's not what the Lord's called us to. He's given us a gift of a family and we ought to be that and to share that with each other. Um, but all of this is to serve that relationship with the Lord that he wants so badly with us. Um, I guess one last thing I'll say before letting like add in was um, I heard a seminar lecture, whatever you want to call it from a priest back in Minnesota once about prayer. It was really beautiful. But one of the things that stuck out to me was just the simplicity of allowing ourselves to be gazed upon by the father and how much he desires to just look at us and delight in us and what was beautiful about this image of the father just gazing on us if you can just imagine that for a second um was that it's not a leering gaze and it's not a glaring gaze but it's a loving uh it's just like a really loving confident gentle gaze um and as we receive that gaze, we're changed and transformed, and we're able to go out and love other people. And what, what I loved about what this priest was saying, too, is that if we try and go and love people without first receiving that love, it just gets kind of weird. <laughs> and I think you know what I mean. Like, that's usually why mission gets hard, and that's usually why things get awkward or it's uncomfortable. I mean, sometimes it's just humanity that's normal and fine. We're not perfect, but that's what, kind of, that's what it comes down to and comes back to always is, am I actually living as a daughter of the father? Am I actually living as a son of the father and receiving his gaze every day and asking him every day, father, what do you have for me? What do you want for me this day? How do you see me? And it's very simple. I think it can take some patience. Sometimes we're less patient with ourselves than the Lord is with us. He doesn't tire of reminding us who we are and reminding us of our goodness and of calling us on to greater things and to grow in him. So. Come on. Yeah. That's really tough to follow up. Um, and I don't think I, I don't think I want to, you know, just to be honest with you, like I'm just going to recap us real quick. Um, and then we can go out with uh, a couple of uh, cool tips. And actually we want to give y'all a quick chance to speak. Um, but what we've covered, the three pillars, holiness, communion, mission, and then how we live those out. Um, and then in a practical sense, how we go into the summer is we want to go in by making a schedule, making prayer our priority, setting up an accountability system, and then just doing it. Just do it in the most non-Nike sense possible. <laughs> Sarah's <laughs> like nah um, but yeah so basically um, I wanted to kind of share a couple things uh, just a, a few short things with you 
um, before moving on. And that's um, one, whenever you go home, you're, you're, you're not a high schooler anymore. You got to remember that you got to let, you got to let Christ call that out in you um, that you're, you're a grown man or woman now. And though sometimes it doesn't always feel like it, that actually we're called to live out our Christian faith as mature disciples, right? As men and as women, not as children, not as adolescents, not as these things like our call is to live out that full identity as like mature sons and daughters. And like a really practical way that uh, one of the guys in, in our house, shout out Adam Hatch, um, was telling me that, that he did this in his own life was he went home and he took his childhood room and he took down all the decorations and he made this, he made a new room, right? Like, like a new room to project, to show what, like what he was experiencing, right? Cause when you're going to be home for these long periods of time, it's important to experience a change. Otherwise it's easy to settle into, Oh, like, you know, my, my, my mom, I know she's always going to like, she's going to do my laundry if I leave it out. Right. Like she, she has, but like she's my mom. Right. Like, and it's cool to let our parents serve us like that, but actually like we're called to step into a place of service of them. And, and sometimes we need to experience a change in our own person. Uh, so that's just one cool way. Um, and then staying connected to community helps us uh, to not slip back into these old people. Um, and then last but not least, Second um, Timothy 1, uh, uh, verse 7 is, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but he's given us power, love, and self-discipline. This is, this is who you are. This is who you've been, what you've been called to as Christians. Um, and just to remember that. Um, and so now Lauren has some questions for us to kind of move out. Great. Yeah. So with our last five minutes, um, I just wanted to give us a chance to think ahead and engage. Um, so if you have your journal or if you take notes on your phone, whatever, get ready. Uh, in the next five minutes, first, I want you to write down two people that you can reach out to for accountability. Two people who you trust, who are maybe right alongside you or a little bit wiser than you, and who can call you out of your crap <laughs> and hold you accountable in the Lord. I'll give you a few seconds to think. And then at some point, either tonight or tomorrow, Text those people and let them know. Hey, you're my accountability person. Whatever is natural to you, don't make it weird. And then next, after you've done that, um, I want you to start writing down the names of people that you've met this year that you want to stay connected with, um, people that you've been pouring into or that the Lord has gifted you relationship with to invite them into this life and into this community so you can start listing those names but then I also want you to pick who are the top three people that you're really going to consistently check in with whether that's texting throughout the week a phone call once a week we can get into those degrees but just start listing those names and then put like a star or a dot next to the top three
Yeah. Is that ours? <laughs> Echoing with an Antioch speakers. <laughs> so Is it still going? I think it's better now. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Great. Um, last thing. Yeah, we're going to pick this one. Um, you might want to take like a little bit of prayer time, but you might also know what is one goal of virtue the Lord wants to strengthen you in this summer and grow you in this summer? If you don't know what the virtues are, I could try to list them, but I don't know. <laughs> yes, I think along with that question, if you're wondering like, hey, where's, is the Lord calling me to something? Like, what is it? What does he have for me? It's important that you realize that you're created in the image of Christ, right? You're created like for incredible things. You're created by an incredible God for incredible things. Um, and to know that he has like plans for you to prosper, to grow, like diving back into scripture, like he, he always has something for you. Um, and it's a matter of, of asking Christ, like, like in your prayer, like if you're not asking questions, start asking questions to say like, God, where, where are you calling me to grow right now? Where are you calling me to grow this summer? Um, and actually allowing him to, to change you in this time and to come out, um, as, as John, uh, labeled this talk, a winner of summer, <laughs> how to be a winner. I want you to be winners this summer. <laughs> okay. Amen. Cool. All right. Okay. If you haven't checked out the chat, there's some good quotes in there from Jacques Philippe and the questions. So you can grab those as well as some awesome summer <laughs> stories. And, and we're going to send out this document that we've taken all this stuff from. And we're, we'll take some of these quotes and things like that. I'm actually going to scroll through them right now so that we have them all. Uh, but we're going to send them out to you here in the next week or so. Uh, that way you have everything that you're um, that you need to uh, to kick this summer off right. So, thanks for your time. Y'all are awesome. Uh, love yeah, you. yeah, we love y'all a lot. So we appreciate it. And uh, 